Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Scott Reeb, America's legal coach of Reeb Law. There are many challenges that can pop up suddenly on a remodeler. Frivolous lawsuits, Jekyll and Hyde customers, predatory creditors, you name it. It is imperative to build your business on a foundation that can weather the storm so that, as Scott puts it, it doesn't shatter. And we'll hear about his process of shatterproofing your remodeling business in just a minute. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. Now don't call me Shirley. Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Hey there, how are you? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm, I'm seeing you across the the inner tubes of the internet. Yes, you're, you're quarantining, you're quarantining here, you know? me. So I'm alone in the studio all to myself. It's surprisingly quiet today. <laughs> yeah, without me banging things around, kicking the table, making all sorts of noise, and then you have to edit out. Right. Funny how that works. Fantastic. So. Yeah, so we got a great topic today. You know, I think that small business owners don't pay enough attention to this particular topic. What do you think, Mark? I think you're 100% right. Nobody wants to think about that stuff because some people think if you think about it or talk about it, it'll happen. <laughs> yeah, and you know, so talking about legal issues and ways to protect your company and that sort of thing. And I don't know, it seems like, like you know, I don't even know like what kind of lawyer to get for what kind of problems or if you need five different lawyers for five different kinds of problems and all that stuff. Mm, yeah, So it's yeah. interesting today to talk to Scott. Absolutely. I'm excited. So shall we kick it off? Kick away. All right. Scott Reed is the um, known as America's legal coach. He travels around the country teaching business owners how to shatterproof their businesses. He's also the official lawyer for the Zig Ziglar organization and a trainer as well. He's based out in Denton, Texas. So he's coming to us from a, another time zone. So Scott, welcome aboard. Thanks, Victoria. Mark, thanks for having me. Hey, well, you bet. It sounds really interesting. And so how did you become known as America's legal coach? I'm not really sure how that happened. Uh, sometime in the last five years, as I've spoke, been in front of different business groups, um, I just kind of, that kind of glommed on to me. I take a different approach to legal than um, most of the lawyers I know, and that I don't just, we don't just do the legal work for our clients, but we try to give them an uh, educated approach to it so that they can make better decisions even when I'm not around um, and ask me better questions and my team better questions. The more, the more educated they are on the, on the law and how it affects their businesses, the smarter they can, they can be and the smarter questions they ask. So what's the difference, excuse me, what's the difference between a legal coach and a lawyer? You know, a lawyer just kind of, well, here's the document it's done, uh, sign it, or I've reviewed it. It's fine. Sign it. Um, We'll walk them through what are the problems with the document, help them try to figure out which things they can live with, which they can't, um, why, uh, you know, explain why it's that way so that they can try to learn so that when they see, they can see those things in the field, like, like you said, with like in their remodeling business, that they can go, oh, that's, that's something I should be aware of. That's a problem. Warning Will Robinson, call Scott and the team, and then they can, then we can take care of it. If they don't get smarter, um, they don't know when to call the lawyer. They don't know, like you said, which lawyer to call. Um, and so we just really try to take a coaching approach to it, um, not talk down to them, but walk them through why this is important um, and, and why they should care. 
Now, you work with small business owners from across the country, right? Correct. So what are some of the most common problems that you see occurring? You know, and, and it's uh, we work we work with them across the country and we work on what I call kind of the, it's the easy stuff. Um, it's not the real complicated things that people are getting wrong. Um, and you've mentioned the shatterproofing process a couple of times. And that it kind of starts with one of the, the strategies is you have to have the right foundation. This is a problem that a lot of small business owners have and a really a lot of remodelers have is that they've got a pickup truck uh, and a, maybe a name and they are in business. And they did take the steps of forming a limited liability company or a corporation to give them separation from their personal life. And without doing that step, they've left everything that they build, um, ex- no pun intended, everything that they have uh, exposed to potential lawsuits. And with 20 million plus lawsuits being filed in the U.S. every year, there's a lot of exposure that they're just not aware of. And so by taking that one simple step of creating an LLC and doing it right, then they can make sure that what the, that the profits they take home from their business, that's the goal, um, they can then reinvest in other types of assets and keep those assets and then not be at risk if there's a liability event at work. Okay, so that's one good one. Now, I was talking to somebody the other day, and he was telling me that one of the things that um, he loves to watch are the courtroom shows. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's like, yeah, I watch them all the time. He's sort of addicted to them. So he was saying, I love to watch them. And the biggest thing is not getting things in writing. You know, assuming that you are understanding what is intended by the words that are verbally spoken. Do you see that as an issue regularly? Huge issue. And that's strategy number three at the Shutterproof Your Business is to document everything, which starts with document your your corporate, keep your corporate formality. So you want to have an operating agreement for your LLC. You want to keep annual minutes for the things that you're doing in your LLC and then you want, then it goes into, you want to keep copies of quotes, estimates uh, that you're doing in your business. You want those to be in writing. Don't go around just giving verbal quotes. You want them in writing. And then when you go to that next step and you're going to take the job, then you want to actually have a contract that both parties are signing that is clear and unambiguous as to the amount of money, when it's going to start, when it should finish, what are this, what's the scope of work. What happens if there's a problem on the project? How do we dispute this project? You need to have all those things in that agreement. It doesn't have to be super complicated, but it needs to be clear so that you can have a a way to go back and look at this document. I like to say written agreements keep honest people honest. Most people are honest. Uh, They misremember. And if you don't have a written agreement to go back and, and remind each other of what we agreed to, then you're left calling someone a liar. In my experience, that never goes well. (laughs) <laughs> I can imagine not. I know how I would react if somebody called a liar. It yeah. wouldn't be pretty. Right. So, so you get that writing in place, and then it's very simple to go, let's just look at it together. It is. It says what it says. Um, and then you can. Then you have to deal with that situation. So, okay, so I'm, I'm sort of forcing you to jump around in your process a little bit. No problem. About step one, right? The document, the getting yourself incorporated in some form or fashion. We talked about documenting other. What are some of the other steps that go into shatterproofing your business? Yeah, a really important step is that a, a, an entrepreneur or business owner needs to set up what I would call a kind of a key, a key board of advisors. And that board needs to consist of um, a CPA, 
Uh, I know to one of your, your episodes today, actually, that I saw um, on your website, which talks about uh, making sure there's some good bookkeeping principles in place so that people don't take your money. We need to, so you need to have a CPA or a really good accountant that can help you set up cash flow processes, your chart of accounts in QuickBooks or Xero, whatever software you use to make sure that you have a clear pathway to for your taxes. Um, they can help you save money on taxes. Everyone wants to pay the amount that's owed, but you want to pay as little as possible. So you want to have someone that will be proactive with you and talk about strategies and help you make sure that you're set up the right way. Um, so they, they can do that. They can help you um, get ready to go get a bank loan if you needed a line of credit. Uh, they can do all those things. So a good CPA is so important to have on that team of advisors. The next person you want to have is an insurance broker. I like independent people because they can give you quotes from lots of different companies. That doesn't mean you couldn't use someone from a, just that's with one brand. Um, but you want someone that cares about you. This is all about relationship that will come to you and, and interview you and ask you what you do and understand what you do. And then say, here's the list of all the types of coverage that I recommend that you have. And then help you figure out which ones uh, and prioritize it because you can't afford it all. You know, maybe you're a new business person. So you have to prioritize it, take what you can, and then they should be coming back to you on a regular basis, making sure that list is still accurate and helping you take down more of those insurance policies so that you have the right coverage in place to protect your business. And again, so that nothing ever comes home, uh, comes home to roost. So that insurance person is a key person on that team. The next one is the banker. Everyone has a bank, right? There's one on every yeah. corner. You don't need a bank. You need a banker. You need someone that will give you their cell phone that has your cell phone number and that you can text them and say, hey, I need to write a check this afternoon and I'm not going to have the deposit there till tomorrow. And if I do that, I get this big job. If I can't do that, I don't. And you need a banker to go, yeah, that's okay. I know your history. I know you. That'll be fine. I'll cover the check and we'll see you in the morning with the deposit. So you do you find that that's, is that a... That's a common thing. I mean, I've not heard of too much of that having to happen. Um, it happens a lot. Uh, it happens a lot with start with smaller startup businesses for sure. Yeah. Um, and having those kind of relationships can be really important. And so, and you can find them in bigger banks. You just have to work at it. And it's you can't do this over the phone. You have to you have to show up with with donuts and coffee every once in a while and make friends. And those people, when they, if they know you, like you, and trust you, will help you in business. They will, you know, go fight for you in the loan committee if you're trying to do some big project. They will help you, help you get a line of credit so that you can take advantage um, of opportunities. But if you don't have a relationship, uh, it just doesn't, uh, doesn't work. Other part would be, and you're then you're just a, it's just a transaction. You don't ever want to be a transaction. You want to be a relationship. The next person that you want on your team is a business coach. You need someone to, to give you a map. Um, when I, eight years ago, when I created our access plan, I did not know how to do it. I had a vision, but I needed someone to help me get from A to Z. And so after interviewing a few coaches, I found one that had a map and was excited about my vision. And they've walked me through that. They hold me accountable. And now I'm always, uh, I always have someone that's coaching me to hold me accountable to action steps to make sure that I'm moving forward. I think that's a key person to have on that board of advisors. And last but not least, you need to have a relationship with a business lawyer, uh, someone that can tell you when you need to go get a specialist. You mentioned earlier on the on the right. on the show that 
Maybe you need more than one lawyer and you don't know which one to go get. Let them help you make that decision. Let them find it and quarterback the situation for you. You need one touch point that knows your business inside and out, knows you personally, um, and can help guide your business. If you have that team of advisors in place, it goes, it goes a long way. Because most of us uh, are small business owners. You're kind of on an island, and you just you feel really alone, especially in today's world where, you know, like you said you're quarantining, I'm quarantining. Um, I mean, we're isolated. Having those people that you can get on the phone uh, and talk to about a problem, get them all together if possible and talk about a problem, or that are working on problems for you while you're doing other things is just priceless. Scott, just a quick question if I could just go back to the to the banker. What's sure. what's the title of what's the title of that position I'm looking for? I'm not going up to the teller and making friends with a teller. So what's the title in the bank no. that I want to make friends yeah, with? It's gonna be your it's gonna be your account or your account officer. Okay. So when you start your account uh, generally, they assign it to a bank officer, and so that's the person. Got it. Um, it wouldn't hurt to go up up a level if you could go meet with maybe a, meet the vice president of the branch. That'd be good. If you can get to the president, that'd be great. Um, but, but someone that's a little bit higher up in there uh, that is that you can build a relationship with. But a lot of times, it's just your account officer. Okay. And then as your business grows, their career grows, and that that can be a lifetime relationship because you may follow them from bank to bank. Because it really, the relationship matters more than where you're keeping the money. And so if you give someone good, just call them around. So go, let's go back to the lawyer. So if you are a company owner and you've never had a lawyer before and you want that one touch point, what kind of a lawyer do you look for? Do you have to have a team? Could it be an independent, you know, one, one person office? What should I be looking for? Yeah, it can be a very small law firm. Um, I have a small law firm. We try to keep our footprint small on purpose. Um, the main thing is you want someone that understands small business and is interested in it. A lot of, especially if you go to bigger firms, they're really, they don't really understand what a lot of us really do anymore, especially if you're an online business. Uh, they do understand remodeling type things, um, and they work with a lot of them. But you, they, they don't. They're going to be more interested in the transactions than the relationship. So you're looking for someone that has time that can sit down with you and meet with you. Right now, that can be Zoom. That's fine, uh, and that's asking you a lot of questions about your business. So you want to sit down with them and let them interview you and get lots of information about what you do. Try to if they're not trying to understand you, that's probably not the right person. And then you want to really interview them, and you want to know, um, you know, what they're kind of what, what's their vision for their law firm? You know, do they have a mission statement? Do they have core values? Um, are they going to business conferences or are they just going to legal conferences? You know, what's the, what books are they reading? You know, are they reading books like you're reading? Are they trying, you know, are they trying to uh, look at their law firm as a business? Because if they see their law firm as different than other businesses, I don't think they're going to be super helpful. You need someone that understands that they're just like you. They just happen to have gone to law school. Um, and they're going to business, you're going to business, and let that experience, those experiences can help you. Um, and then again, and then at the end, it comes down to really, do you like them? If you're sitting across the table or screen from them and you, it's engaging and you, you feel like they care and you think that this is someone I could hang out with, uh, that, that's probably good because you need to call them. You need to spend time with them. The more you do that, the more they can help you. And if you don't like them, you won't. You won't reach out. So make sure it's someone that gives you the warm and fuzzies and that you think that person would will try to protect me. 
Hey, Mark here. You know, one of the first marketing books I ever read was the aptly named Marketing by Richard Sandhusen. Although it was pretty good in that it had some useful information, it was very technical. It was like trying to read the warning label that came with pain medication. I had to read some parts three or four times just to understand what he was trying to say. You shouldn't have to slog through a dry, term-laden textbook like I did to successfully market your business. So I wrote Lobster on a Cheese Plate. How to stand out, attract the best clients, and win every sale that comes your way. It's shipping December 8th. But if you pre-order today, you'll save 34%. To learn more, peek inside the book and watch the trailer, because of course I made a trailer, visit bethelobster.com. Now back to the show. Okay, so you've talked about a number of steps in shatterproofing one's business. What else? Yeah, the next one is that you want to make sure and protect your intellectual property. Um, you've got lots of intellectual property um, behind you, um, and then you've got it for you know, for your for those two brands. You need to make sure that you're trademarking your brand, and the way you do that is you you register it with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. If they won't give you a trademark, uh, then your brand doesn't have the value that you think it does. You need to figure out why they didn't give it to you, and if it's if someone else is using that brand, then you've got to rebrand. That's called infringement. And we've had a lot of opportunities with that over the years where we think we have this novel brand name and we don't really. It's, it's someone else's brand. And if you go too far, they can sue you for infringement and it will cost a lot of money. Or you'll have to rebrand your business and that will cost you a lot of time, money, and possible lost customers because they won't know where to go because you've had to rebrand. And that's one big issue. And then in today's world where we're podcasting, we're doing YouTube channels, we're doing blogs, all of that stuff that you create or online courses, those are all, that's all intellectual property. And if you don't protect it correctly with copyright registration, then someone can take it and sell it as their own. And it's very tough for you to recover from that. If you've registered it, then you can, you can get a cease and desist letter out. You can then sue them in federal court and not only stop them from using your material, but you can also recoup your attorney's fees. You can recoup the lost profits that they, the, from the money they've made. Um, it's a really good tool. But if you don't protect your intellectual property, um, you can't do that. The next part of it would be that you want to make sure that if you have confidential information, that you're protecting that. That could be your customer list. It could be your trade secret. The, you know, if you're building your business right, you're creating systems and, think, and ways of operating your business that are different than other businesses. Well, those need to be, those are confidential and proprietary and they need to be protected. So you need to have employment agreements, which takes us back to documenting everything so that they are signing non-competes. They're signing, if your state lets you, they're signing non-solicitation clauses, non-disclosure, confidentiality, so that they can't take your stuff and compete against you unfairly. You shouldn't care if someone leaves your business and goes and starts another business and because they they have the, the dream of having their own business, as long as they don't compete unfairly. Scott, one of the if things... If you don't document it properly, then they can they will. They can and they will go do that. And so you have to have the documentation in place so they understand they can't take your customer list and just go call them and start their own business. Scott, one of the things that um, I know some remodelers and some of our members face is where they... Um, 
with regard to the intellectual property, well, they'll do uh, the design work, and then a uh, client will take the design and get somebody else to build it cheaper. So, mm-hmm. do you have any input on that and protecting that? Yeah, they should really. That's that's copyrightable, uh, and it would cost them about twenty five bucks probably to protect it. So they do the design, and they actually get the design itself copyrighted. You bet. Got it. That's interesting. What if what if it's a? I mean, but doesn't that make it? Is the design copyrightable to an address? Because they might reuse the same, almost very similar type of a layout. They would still copyright each and into each one. If there's a if there's any change to it, it's a new it's a new work. Okay. And so they could copyright it. Uh, if they're the creator, they can copyright it. Then they can give you a limited license to use it. Uh, and so that they need to have clear documentation when they're giving that to someone else how that how they can use it. They can, you know, they can't. They, you know, if they have this clear limitations on there, they'll have less people doing that to them. So if if the if the homeowner said, you know what, I love your design, I just don't want to work with you. I'm going to get somebody else to build it. Then the builder now has the right to say, well, then they can license it from me. Correct, and then they should come back to him, them and license it. Or the the homeowner could buy that, could just buy a different package that gives them the ability to do that. But then they've been fairly compensated. So you just it's just all about setting up that agreement properly. So there's what a base fee that you just you know for me to design this, and then you can't do anything with it. And then there's another fee if you want to um, for me to move forward with it, uh, or if you want someone else to. And it's just a good, better, best type of a proposition. And that's how I, if I was advising them, that's how I'd put that together to sell it. Cool. It would give them, it give them some new revenue opportunities and protect them from people stealing their stuff. So this has been pretty interesting. So are those the main steps in shatterproofing? Yeah. And the next one is don't use other people's intellectual property, which is another huge problem where everyone's creating their own uh, websites. They're doing marketing funnels and they're grabbing images off of wherever they can find them. Uh, and they're not buying the images, they're not getting the rights to use them, and they're infringing on a lot of people's uh, copyrights just all the time. And every year we'll get a half dozen letters in where they've received the demand letter that you've used my image uh, that I created without paying me, and we demand that you pay us you know, $5,000, $10,000. And there's no defense to that stuff. You've just got to negotiate it out because if you if you didn't have a license to use it, you're, you're in trouble. And and sometimes it's the webmasters that are doing it. Uh, they're not being careful about the images they're using and you're responsible for whatever's on your site. So it's mainly so, a carelessness thing, do you think, versus a, you know, doing it on purpose? Oh, I think some of it's on purpose, but I don't think, I think they just don't understand the ramifications for it. Okay. They don't understand how serious it is. Um, it's because, especially if you're not a, if you're not creative you don't understand the value of that creation. And so it's like, it's just a picture. What's the big deal? There's thousands and thousands of them, but to the person that took it, it's a big deal. And so you just, that's once people understand that that's theft, then they care more and they'll be more careful. And if you show them places they can go to get them inexpensively or where they can use them for free, then it gives them the tools they need to, to make, to make that easier to stay out of that trouble. So if you were the small business owner and you're hiring a marketing firm or you're hiring someone actually doing it, is there something that you could say to that firm? Say, I'm, you are liable if you choose to use something that's not legal. I'm not. 
Well, what you would do is put an indemnification clause in the contract that says if they do that, they have to defend you uh, and pay any damages. That doesn't get you out of being sued for it. The next thing that you would do is that you would require that they produce uh, licenses for any images that they use, uh, or you provide the images um, so that you can, then you can really make sure that they don't do that. Okay. Um, re reputable companies will take care of all that for you. Um, it's just that, you know, there's so many people doing, doing websites now. Um, yeah. And it's, so it's very cost competitive. And so it's a race to the bottom. And if you, if you're at the bottom, you need to really be aware that they could be putting you in danger. Okay. All right, great. Scott, it's, it's that time of the show where we go into the lightning round. Are you ready for the lightning round? Let's do it. And now here's the remodeler's advantage lightning round. It's a trap. What's your favorite business book and why? It's Michael Gerber's uh, E-Myth Revisited because that's what set me on my journey to create a business, not just a law firm, and to to build something that would give small business owners access to legal um, information and services in an affordable way. If you weren't America's legal coach, what do you think you'd be doing? I would be on a course in Montana. <laughs> what are you not very good at? Um, details are problematic for me, uh, which is hard when you're a lawyer. <laughs> um, I can I can really work hard at it and do better. Um, but I need a team around me to make sure that everything is done perfectly. Um, I'm more of a big picture strategy kind of guy. Your room, your desk, or your car, which would you clean first? <laughs> My car. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? I ate some horse in Iceland. Wow. When channel surfing, name a movie you'll stop and watch every time. <laughs> Gladiator. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, this has been awesome. That was fun. Um, this has been awesome. Really some good information for our people. Now, I appreciate it. But before I let you go, mm -hmm. you share your five words of wisdom with our listening audience and tell us why they resonate with you. Choices have consequences. Choose wisely. Those are words that I've said over and over for the last 22 years uh, to my boys. I have two boys. Um, and for them to understand that everything they do is going to affect, have a consequence on their future. So every time you choose, choose wisely because there will be a consequence, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Um, and you can't have regrets, but just know that when you're making those choices, you don't want to, um, not, you want them to take them seriously because when you choose, it has a lasting effect, not just on your life, but on others too. Right. That's awesome. Very, very profound. I like it. Scott, thank you so much. I very much appreciate you being here and sharing your knowledge. And from America's Legal Coach, we bid you a font goodbye. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Victoria. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Scott. That was very interesting, wasn't it? It was pretty cool. You know, it's funny because you just don't know. I mean, just saying stuff out loud gets a lawyer to come up with things you never would have thought of. <laughs> yeah, you know, it makes me think it's time for me to probably look for another lawyer because I've been working with someone that I've really never met. And, you know, transactional basis, I love the concept of form and more of a relationship. 
You know, the concept that they are the uh, the sort of the linchpin of your legal needs, even though they may not be the specialist in intellectual property or in some of the other things that he mentioned, um, the fact that they know when or they will be able to refer you to those people and understand what it is you're looking for is pretty important too. Yeah, it's like having a general practitioner, right? Mm-hmm. As far as yeah. a, a doctor. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. So I, I think you were confused by my statement there. You just kind of looked past me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the general practitioner comment? Yeah, yeah. I get it. Okay. Yeah. All right. And maybe it's because you're all the way over there, wherever you are, and yes, I'm not really. looking at you in your face. here in Remodeler's Advantage World. Yeah. You sound so echoey. <laughs> Next week. Right? Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Well, we want to thank Scott Reeb for taking the time to share his legal expertise with us. And of course, we want to thank you for listening week in and week out. I am Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. Thank you for being here. See you next week. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.